Hey, and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxton. Today, have the amazing Bob Anderson with me again, and we're talking about what should my first property development be? So you need to listen to this if you're thinking about getting into property development, if you're unsure where to start, and maybe find out the different types, and that might help you clarify on what it is that you would like to be doing. So anyway, episode 24, let's jump in. Hey, and welcome to episode 24, as usual, giving away the uh, property, Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed, and this week, this book goes out to Sean Hayes. I made that up just now. Oh. Uh, so, guess why I've chosen Sean Hayes? Well, Cause you tell me, you did it. Because he's pretty funny. Uh, Sean's been in our community for a while, he, I think he did your mentoring, didn't he, Bob? Oh, back in the day, yeah, he did. Yeah, and he's doing really well in property development. So, Sean, I thought that you've got four young boys, oh, four children. I don't know if they're all boys. I think they are, actually. You might have one girl. Anyway, it's probably time they started reading books like this. There's a dude on the back you even know, I think, as well. Yeah. So, Sean Hayes, text me your address, mate. And uh, Property Millionaires Exposed, coming out to you. We'd like to see you in this book pretty soon. What do you think? Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll have a think about that. I know the uh, producers of the book. (laughs) All righty. Anyway, Bob. Yeah. We are today talking about what should my first property development be? What a great topic. A good one. Yeah. A good topic, and your first property development should be a good one. Oh. What do you want, <laughs> oh. What do you want out of it? Your first property development. Well, you want to make money. Yeah. You want confidence. That's, to that's know what that comes you, out of it. Yeah. Even more than the money. I mean, the money's good. We do it. We're not going to do a property development so we can break even. No. But one of the big things to come out of it is the confidence from actually having done your first one. Absolutely. Mm. And and to be able to know that you could go ahead and do it again. Yeah. Because as you know, property developments, are, well, I often say it's a confidence game. Mm. And then it's, you know, there's lots of stuff that's a confidence game, I guess. And mm. you're the expert on building confidence with mm. people. Yeah. So, yeah, get that first one done, but do it properly, get it right, make a profit, learn from it, mm. obviously, and build your confidence. So, I think you yeah. just had a few things on the head there, Bob, is get it done, but do it right. A lot of people think that they can just do it on their own. And um, and in fact, even just holding this book up, and, and this popped into my head now, I know Sean sends a lot of people our way. He actually does. He's mm. got to do Bob's course. Um I'll Apparently it helped him. Yeah, well, there you go. Apparently he was doing pretty well by the looks of it. But you're right. You've People can wing it and have a go, mm. but it's just too expensive of a game to wing and have a go. Well, it's pretty expensive when you make mistakes. Hey? Mm. Like, but, but even yeah. not even so, yeah, making mistakes, but what if people could just do it better? Well, that's Tweaking, that's like thing. how often do Mi- you minim- Well, minimise your mistakes. Yes. Because every mistake cost you money and obviously some big mistakes cost you big money little mistakes cost you little money so absolutely minimize the mistakes and maximize the profit yeah and like there can be just like you know a thirty thousand dollar mistake a twenty thousand dollar mistake a ten thousand dollar mistake or a hundred you know look and you can have more than one of those on each project you know but if you understand what's coming your way instead of winging it knowing where you're headed Mm. yeah Mm. anyway Mm. i'm just going to plug the course there (laughs) propertymastermind.com.au seriously do the course so worth it just to just to minimize that hey oh look you could sneeze and lose more than the course cost yeah easily just choosing the wrong architect could cost you 
10, 20, 30 grand mm. wrong builder. Like, you mm. know, and just, there's so many things you've got to get right. And that's fine. Don't be scared by getting them right. There's help out there. Mm. T- take it on. Anyway, Bob, yep. what should the first property development be in in your mind? Like you've, you know, worked with enough people. What, Or, or do you think you should, we should just go through them all? Or what do you think? Well, we can. Um, it's just tweaked something in my head what you were saying there is some people think like you have to work your way through from, let's say, buying an investment property and then maybe another one and then maybe working up to a reno, maybe doing a couple of renos, all of that before you do property development. Mm. You don't. No, absolutely not. No. No, you can launch straight into property development, maybe not a high-rise, but you can. And uh, we've got heaps of examples in our community of people that have gone straight to property development. And, and I, I mean, I can think of some who actually don't even own real estate like, and they've gone straight to doing a property development. Mm. The reason you can do that is, is that you can learn to do property development properly, e.g. like, you know, do a good course or whatever, uh, but you don't need, like, the prior knowledge. The prior knowledge from a reno or the prior knowledge from having bought an investment property or even your own house is, is not, not a requirement. No. No. And uh, so, yeah, don't think that, you know, you've got to spend five or six or eight years sort of graduating up to property development. <laughs> save, <laughs> save your five, six or eight years and yeah. jump in. Yeah, start now. Yeah, yeah, like seriously, 10 years ago, you'd be kicking yourself those people that wanted to have been thinking about it and didn't with the way the market's grown recently. There'll be a lot of people thinking, I should have. And you know what? In two years' time, right. they'll still be thinking, I should have. Oh, the yeah. best time is now. Like if you've missed it, there's no boats. No, 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 no. I mean, it's been good from an investment point of view, the way the market's gone mm. up so much in value. But remember that developers create property not at retail price like the rest of the market. And retail prices have gone up a lot, haven't we? There's yeah. been a lot of price growth. We don't create it at retail. We don't create it at wholesale. We create it at raw cost. So as a developer, we get all the normal market growth mm. we've had, plus we get all that extra created growth, that manufactured growth by creating a, a an investment, if you like, or a property at absolute raw cost. So and that happens with every development. Absolutely. Done right for the correct visa yeah. and the right due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's, let's, um, let's go through a few on, you know, what – You've just started with you don't have to graduate from no, reg, uh, no. renovations and investing, although I did take that road. <laughs> well, you're a <laughs> because, prolific renovator. Yeah, but I suppose I was a single mum. It was just easy for me, and I, I didn't. I was living in New Zealand. There wasn't a property development course there. You know, I didn't know where to. I didn't know where to start. I would not have done that now, but you know, mm-hmm. hindsight's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, and you've done so many renos and done and done so well at it. Um, far more than I have. Mm. I haven't done that many renos at all, really. Um, oh no! You did one at the start of COVID. I dragged you back to New Zealand <laughs> to do my last one when, it, when I worked for you. <laughs> it was my lucky. Had the tool bag on. Had the, you uh, had the whip out. Oh, it was such. Oh, fun. I, I can remember. We the, had a great time. Several though. late nights under the lights. Yeah, you know. But uh, no, that, it was actually good fun. Yeah, we just did it for fun. It was like for me. That's for, it was. It was kind of my last one, I think, and I just yeah. we did it. Yeah, it was a fun. Went out thing. with a bang. We went out with a bang. Yeah, yeah. I did kick and scream and complain, but no, I, I did enjoy it. I suppose. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was glad fun. we did it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, renos aren't really property development. No, no, no. So, what do you consider to be property development? Well, I think probably what I've learned from you is where you take something that's one and turn it into more than one. Yeah. 
one, it can turn into two, three, four, five, whatever, 150. Yeah, yeah you're creating more out of something, exactly. Mm. And um, where does it all start? Well, at the beginning, I guess, like when you have one... <laughs> like everything, Bob. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> when you have, let's say, one one lot, mm. one block of land, and you turn it into two blocks. To me, that's where property development starts because you're creating more. You're creating one into two. Yeah. Uh, that's where it starts. And that's to me, that's where property development starts, mm. creating more of, creating an extra title in this case. Mm. So where does it all start? Splitter. Splitter. Absolutely. Two lots, one title. Two lots. It's a paper development, really, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Because you don't really do anything apart from paperwork. Yeah, spot on. So you're right, two lots on one title. That's. I mean, that's pretty common in Brisbane, for instance. Totally. Lots of splitters there. Not less common in other other cities. What other cities also do, uh, do splitters? I've seen, I've seen some in, in Sydney. I've seen a few... Some councils Why? in Melbourne. Why are they less popular, Bob? Oh, well, it's not that they're less popular. I think it's how they originally subdivided land. Oh, yeah. I think in Brisbane, uh, the the initial subdivisions were what they called 16 perches, which is an old form of measurement. Uh, these days, that's 405 square metres. And I, th- all the, I think a lot of the lots, most of the lots in Brisbane were cut up into these 405 square metre lots. Into 16 perches. 16 perches, yeah. And they're basically... I'm jumping between metric and other stuff. So here. that's how they would have spoken yeah. about. It. Like when? What year would that have been? Like when oh, would that have been? Well, Brisbane, you know, 1840s, 50s. Right, you they know, didn't that have metrics then. No, no. Were metrics. you here? Were you, were you there, Bob? Well, they probably had metrics in Europe, but I mean, we didn't get them in Australia till 1966. You know, so well, not that you'd remember, way before your time. But um, hey, <laughs> anyway, off the subject. Yeah, let's get sorry. back onto it. So that, those lots were, in current measurements, about 10 metres by 40. Mm. Or if you want to go back, half a chain. Oh God! Stop with it! Stop with it! Chains and stop with the education and, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So back to this. Most of the lots were cut up into, let's say, four hundred and five square metre lots. Now, mm. some people, when they're building their houses, bought two. That's why there's so many eight tens in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was. Oh, eight oh nines is sort of. Uh, yes, it's funny. Yeah. You know, well, sort of. I'm rounding out the metres because remember they weren't originally metres. Right. They were up uh, perches and they measured in chains. And uh, so some people built on two lots. Right. And, and and so that's two lots. But they amalgamated the titles back in those days and it made it cheaper for, for rates and council rates and all that sort of stuff. So two lots on one title, pretty common stuff. And, and so in a place like Brisbane for many years now, we've seen lots of splitters being subdivided. Initially, all the all the quick ones went where there was a house to one side yeah, on one easy. lot, and you just cut the lot off. Not many of them <laughs> left anymore. Mm. And then we then you know people think about well moving the house sideways onto one of the and lots. Battle axes. Yeah, mm. well if they're big enough, a little bit bigger battle axes. Well, that's a good point you've raised. The battle axe lots, you know, that can be part of a two lot subdivision. So as the well. battle axe means there's like a driveway down the side, and it's got yeah. a. It looks like an axe. Yeah, yeah, I call that the handle of the axe or yeah. whatever. Some people call been- it a hatchet block. There's been a few um, council changes that are making those a little bit more difficult with driveway spacing in Brisbane, isn't it? Yeah, well, without getting too Brisbane-centric, yes. the Battle Axe lot has to be bigger. Right. Uh, in the in the sort of uh, the basic zonings anyway. Not the 809 squares. No, because you've got a house out the back and if, you know, you took the driveway off, it would be so small and be all stuck in there. So when it comes to the size of the lots that you can cut up into, that's very much a council-by-council council thing, so... Wherever you live, you need to become familiar with the planning scheme of that mm. council. And uh, 
in terms of lot sizes, you know. Some of the rural uh, townships have much larger minimum lot sizes than the cities, you know, so and less zonings as well. So, But, yeah, look, that's you're spot on. That's where it starts. It starts at a splitter, two lots and one title. And as you said, it's, it's just paperwork. You see, you don't have to subdivide the land into two lots. It's already two lots. It's the title that you need to What does it separate. cost to cut a title? Oh, just some thousands of dollars, really. I mean, to cut a title is very little. It's mainly a job uh, for a lawyer and a surveyor, really. I mean, the thing needs re-pegging, needs re-surveying, and, and, and a, a property lawyer can handle the paperwork through through council, uh, not through council, actually bypasses council, straight to the title's office. Right. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, pretty quick. But it's it's other make the two-lot subdivisions a little bit different, eh? Mm. Yeah, so that's the next step, I guess. Two-lot subbies next? Two-lot subbies. I mean, they're both two-lot subdivisions in a way, but a splitter being easier. But yeah. in a lot of cities, I mean, that's where it starts. We've got one block of land we're going to cut into two. Yep. The good old one into two, as we call it. Mm. Takes a little bit longer than yeah, a splitter. Yeah, and, and you need a development permit for that. Yeah. And that's why it's a bit different from a splitter where you don't need a development permit because you actually it's already two lots. So one into two lots, Subby. Look, a lot of people cut their teeth there, mm. uh, as we've seen. Actually, just recently, one of our mentoring students, he's he joined up to do a development. Then he realised that he's on the, he's on a two lot Subby and he's actually going to yeah. knock down his own house, build duplex and just get a brand new house. Well, he's going to, yeah, he's going to cut into two lots and, and actually build two separate houses, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So and how cool is that? So he's done his math. Yeah. It's pretty good. Sent through his math. Bob okayed it. Well, gave it, gave a, it the whole, yes, th- this would work. There's a half a million sitting in there for him. Yeah, as well as a new home. Well, he's going to get a new home. He's going to. So that's a bit interesting in a way. So it, it's it's a block of land that he can subdivide into two lots, which he'll do. That'll be the first thing you do, get two titles. And then he's going to build two houses, one for himself. So that one will, it might be the. Better of the two, be a little probably. Bit sh- well, a bit schmack. <laughs> you know what it's like when you build your own place. You oh, sort it's going to be emotion. Put extras in there. You we know. We were talking about that too. Weren't yeah, we? The differences. Yeah. I w- I'd love to see the differences. Because it's even like two. he's a crazy fisherman, and um, so he's working out. You know, the height of his boat is oh, going to dictate he? the height of the oh, garage and all this sort of stuff. You nice. Know? Yeah. So that'll be good, and uh, so that'll turn into a two lots, and that'll turn into two houses. One of which he's going to to keep and live in. Yeah. Cool. So I'd sell the other one. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So that's the two lots hubby. Sorry, I interrupted there with like, because I, I think... It's a good story. Yeah, they, people don't always realise. And I suppose that a lot of people now do letter drops or, you know, looking for um, potential, uh, I don't know, either options or mm. trying to find pieces of land that are two lot, that could be two lot subdivisions. But even that as a pitch, you know, you could get a new house out of this and yeah. come out... It's yeah, not, it's can, not a bad option. A no, <clears throat> and uh, where that works best, you're, what you're talking about there, is if the property is owned by an investor mm. because it doesn't disrupt them. Uh, if it's an owner-occupier and, and they come into that, you mm. know, it could be, like you say, a joint venture or they could end up, you know, with one of the two new houses, which really will start off with some sort of joint venture. The problem is it disrupts them because they've got to move out yeah. of their house yeah. While it gets demolished. And not everyone likes moving. Not everybody likes moving. <laughs> Bob doesn't like moving. No, I don't move often. Um, <laughs> so it's better in that respect if it's an investment property, and ideally one that doesn't have a long-term lease so you can get into it. But mm. they're, they're just things to think about. Uh, but, yeah, so the whole two lots, that'd be one into two or one into three in some cases if it's a slightly bigger lot. Mm. 
you know it um and that has a lot to do with the zoning because if you've got a zoning where you might be able to do townhouses you might also be able to do quite a small lot uh subdivision in other words where the lots are you know reasonably small they could be like you know to 280 meters or something like that and you find that the closer you get into the cities hey they you know they're closer to um you yeah. know yeah especially victoria and yeah, well, south wales or sydney densities yeah. tend to rise you know the closer you get to the cbd and as those densities rise they can open sites up, get smaller yeah open up opportunities mm. and look that's a good a good thing is and we i know we've spoken about it in in one of your other podcasts so i think we talked about highest and best use mm. but this is back to the the thing that it could have several uses you know you can have a site that yes you can subdivide or you maybe you can do townhouses which we'll talk about in a moment and, and maybe you can even do apartments so you can have a, a block of land that has more than one use mm. and then you sort of got to sort out well what's the best use or or what's the use that i can afford mm. maybe that's important and too. what's the end result is it for yourself is it for somebody else or? yeah yeah is yeah. it just a cash out just going to sell yeah. So yeah, properties can have more than one use. So, but yeah, the good old, the good old subbies. Uh, I I started on subbies. I cut my teeth on well, subbies, meaning a subdivision. By the way, a little bit of slang. I think <laughs> most people would have worked out what I'm talking about. Subby. Subbies. Yeah, not subcontractors. No. Different sort of subby. Uh, you know, plasters and painters. But but subbies. So often, if I say let's do a small subby, means a small subdivision. Mm-hmm. Property development's fraught with um, a lot of slang. Slang and acronyms. Mm. Crikey. <laughs> I think when I think I've got it nailed, someone sends me a new one. But I, often that's different states have different slangs as well. Mm. It can be. Um, what's next, Bob? Well, I guess, you know, once we, we've moved beyond the, the small land subdivisions, we can we can move into things like townhouses. Mm-hmm. Or, well, actually, there's almost an in-between, isn't there? Like, yeah. like things like, well, in and some people refer to a duplex as a two-townhouse development, but mm. I tend to think of like two things like that, like a duplex or a dual occupancy as one level and then townhouses generally like doesn't have to be. This is just my head. Yeah. You know, like three or more, you know. Yeah. But that's, that's just my head. So, yeah, uh, duplexes. Well, we're, Very we're, common at the moment. We're dealing with quite a few, aren't quite we? Quite a few mentoring students, yeah. I've yeah. walked through many. Yeah. Virtually. <laughs> yeah. And... And so that can get back to what I'm saying at the moment, uh, not saying at the moment, said, said a few minutes ago, is you might have a parcel of land where you could do, let's say, four townhouses. We'll talk more about townhouses in a moment. You could do four townhouses. But an alternative use could be um, do a, maybe a more upmarket duplex. Duplex meaning two Units or two properties, uh, well, they don't even have to be joined. Mostly they are, though, aren't they? Yeah, I often think of a duplex as being joined on a common wall, uh, but they don't have to be. I they, didn't know they didn't have to. I always thought they were joined yeah, on a common Yeah, well, wall. different terminology like we just talked about. Dual, uh, dual occupancy, for instance, is a term used by some councils, and then they, they, they can be joined by a common wall. They don't necessarily have to be joined by a common wall, but nearly, nearly always are. And so... It might be a trade-off. You might do your numbers and say, well, look, here's, here's how it works with four townhouses, you know, uh, let, or let's say they were 150-square-metre townhouses together, or, or it might be two 220-square-metre dual occupancy or duplexes only joined by a common wall but but maybe, you know, bigger, 
better standard of fit out, mm. targeting a, a, a different market. Yeah, you know, it's more up. It might be the same block of land, but it's more more, more upmarket. Mm. It's it's just it just comes in underneath two houses. If you think of two houses being separate on their own title lots, then you've got two dual lockies joined by a common wall. It's pretty close, mm. and and they they can be. You know, you might make more money out of that than you would out of four townhouses. And that can happen. Not only do you make more money out of doing, say, a upmarket dual lockie, um, it, it there might be a, a little bit of a cost. Be, uh, a difference in costs, but Why? probably not. Whereabouts? Well, like where the difference is in time. So what I'm saying right. is, yes, there might course. be much dollar difference in doing the you know the bigger upmarket uh, dual lockie compared to four smaller average townhouses. But timing and time is important. Yeah, because time time is money. Well. I'm running out of it. <laughs> well, oh, you're running out of time. I'm running out oh, of time. time. We're all running out of time. We're all running it's out of finite. Time. It is. Yeah. That's a subject in itself. But what I'm saying is the approval process can yeah. often be a lot quicker. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the approval process can be a lot quicker on those duplex dual lockies mm. uh, because they're far less complex and it's a quicker passage through council more, more often than not. The problem is with is that getting your development permit is up to council in terms of how long they take. And here we, we go. No, no, are you, no. You're not going to climb on a soapbox <laughs> here, are you? I could easily climb on a soapbox about how <laughs> long on, councils every, can take. Hold on, everybody. Uh, but but the thing is, that it's the one part of property development that you have virtually no control over. I mean, most phases of a property development, you have quite a bit of control in terms of... And generally that you know how long something's going to take. Yeah. It's going to take four to six weeks for this. It's going to take, you know, X. But councils, not only do you have no control, they vary. Oh, enormously. Yeah, like Victoria's like, are they asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Are the Victorian people in Victoria? I don't know. What's with that process? Oh, look, if you have to average it out, things do get approved slower in Victoria than some other states. Uh, But, you know... Victoria is a great place to develop. So you know, that's yeah, a, yeah. maybe that's the price you pay, but um, the price of admission. Yeah, but you could be in and out of it a, a lot quicker on something like a Jewelocky. So even if it costs you the same dollar amount in terms of costs, and your profits were you know pretty similar to the four townhouses, maybe even if they were shade less, uh, timing is, would time, push you to do it. Time, yep. yeah, and uh, you can get through. Like uh, as you know, you're working with. Uh, a number of the mentoring students, as I am, and some of those are doing good, you know, good upmarket um, duplexes, duplexes yeah. duolockies. And the approval process, I, I just saw one go through the other day, five weeks. Yeah, how good's that? lodging to approval, five weeks. Now, if, if we were to lodge... Co- the cool thing about that one is, like, he's never even seen the land because he doesn't even <laughs> live in the state that it's in. We've seen it. I know, because it's close. We live near it, so I actually went and did a video of it for him. Not that he needs to see it, but just so he could feel like he's a little bit more attached to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. That's pretty exciting, five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and four's not uncommon either in, in for that particular thing in that particular council. Yeah. And so if you can get in quickly like that, get in and out, mm. Makes the whole process makes the whole projects uh, quicker. You make the same amount of profit. Mm. So if you like, your return on your capital that you put into it is a lot higher because of the time. Mm. I think 
just in case you haven't switched onto it there, because there's lots of different levels of people listening to this property development wise. But Bond's referring to like the use of your money, because the longer your money's out, the you know that's interest or hmm. you're not you're not multiplying that as fast. So that you know if you leave it out for a long time, as in if the development takes a lot longer, then you know it, it could have gone into something else. So that makes sense how I've yeah. explained it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and that's. Uh the opportunity cost of money as well. Yeah, the cost yeah, of, of opportunity lost. Mm-hmm. You might be able to do one and a half of – and remember the build's going to be a quite a bit quicker too than four townhouses. Yeah. Even if the square metres was similar, it's still quicker, uh, but the square metres would be a bit less. So, yeah, getting your money back quicker is a mm. good thing. So what about granny flats, Bob? I know oh, some yeah. states, <laughs> they're called different things and it's, it, some aren't allowed them. And like, There's a lot of rules, especially where we yeah. are around them. Yeah, some people, call, oh, well, some people, some councils call them you know, secondary dwelling, mm. this sort of thing. Granny flats, I think the term came from originally that some councils allowed you to build a secondary dwelling, at, you know, normally at the back of your property, well, if mum was, and dad. Yeah, well, if it was for a family member, at least, and maybe mum and dad or maybe granny. Uh, I don't – not granddad. I think – I just realised that's a sexist thing. Well, maybe it was – maybe at the time <laughs> it was because generally men are around less than <laughs> as, and you know, they usually pass away earlier. How do oh, I say they that? do. The gap's nicely. closed a bit, thank goodness. But yeah. um, I can remember when it used to be about seven years. I don't think it's that, that long now. Yeah, so good old granny – Shacks up in the back. <laughs> That's why it's called a granny flat. Yeah, granny flat. But, but not um, everywhere is allowed them. No, and and typically you don't subdivide the granny flat no, off. That's plonk it on. Well, yeah, and this is back to council and council planning schemes mm. in terms of you know can you subdivide off your back? You see, it, it's different from being able to subdivide off your back yard and building another house there because then then you end up with. Are two lots, yes. two houses, mm. and you could sell the second one. Yeah, that's that's different again. Yep. these are what they call secondary dwellings in mm. some places. So it's a second dwelling on the same lot, and so you end up with a granny flat. Uh, but it's always on the one title. So if ever you sell your house, the granny flat goes with it. Mm. Now you you alluded to the fact that the rules are different in mm. different councils, and that's quite true. Some councils are pretty cool with. I'll call them granny flats. Oh, do you want to call them granddad flats? Granddad flats. Others less so. Uh, and then there'll be uh, like there'll be a, like a, probably a minimum size of, of the granny flat. Maybe it's 60 square metres mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be. And there'll be other rules around it, you know, in terms of being able to have a granny flat. Well, where it can be good is if you keep it. Mm. I mean, you can sell it too, I guess. But like if you build... If you if you buy a property as an investment property and you can add a granny flat, well, we're talking income. Then, well, yeah, you are. You're talking more income. You that, you're remember that better um, yield. Blake and Abby that I interviewed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a young couple. Uh, they, I think, they even live in Sydney, but it's over in Western Australia. They purchased a pretty rundown property, and then they put a granny flat on the back. Yeah, and yeah, they're nailing it over there. Yeah, yeah. So Renault, the front one, granny and, flat. Oh my goodness, what a job! They did such a beautiful job. Mm. That, yeah, they took us through the photos of it and and yeah. stuff. So remember that these days a lot of the rules have changed. So it doesn't have to be granny. No. That's a, we might slangly call it it's a just called granny that. flat. Yeah. Yeah, so they can be rendered to totally independent people from the other property, the mm. other house. 
But yeah, that's, I mean, in a way, that's a form of property development, even though we're still ending up with one title. I suppose we're ending up with two buildings. Mm. I'll call that a property okay, development. Okay, but that gets over the line for you, Bob. Okay. <laughs> Not that anyone cares. But yeah, like those sorts of things, secondary dwellings, granny flats, yeah, that's, a, that's an opportunity as well. I mean, you could. You could even uh, have an opportunity where that could be a whole brand new development altogether. You know, where it was, the house was so badly run down that you demolish it and build a new house and mm. build a granny flat. Uh, those sorts of things are good Different to hold. Different required for that. Yeah, sort of yeah. Stuff, a little bit slower, but. but they're good to hold as an investment because, as you mentioned, the yield's good, the income's good. Yeah. Because uh, you're building a building without having to basically purchase the land. You know, you're building it on the same block of land as the house, so they can be good. And that leads us on to... Townhouses. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Do you like townhouses? Oh, just that I've done so many of them. I did start off with land subdivisions, but when I, then I moved into townhouses and did them for a while. I did townhouses for a long time before I ever did anything, you know, like apartments. So so townhouses, they're close to my heart. Oh, are they your favourite then, maybe? Uh, oh, look, yeah, or, or, you know, even like a good upmarket duplex like we've talked about. Yep. I, I like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So townhouses, villas. Yeah. Villas, as you know, rightly mentioned, that's what I call a villa, and this is all down to semantics, I guess, is a single-level type townhouse mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, uh, I, in my own mind, I often think of townhouses as being two levels uh, and often joined. They don't have to be joined and they don't have to be two levels. But if you're talking about a single level, I, I tend to call them villas. You find, what you often find is that on land that's zoned suitable for townhouses, you wouldn't normally do villas because because they're single level. They take up Too more ground space. space. Yeah. And therefore, you get less on. Highest and best use. Yeah, and you're better off often going to the two-level townhouses. But then, you know, if you go to Western Australia, they tend to have a zoning. I think it's R30, just off the top of my head, but I could be wrong, where that it's actually a zoning for villas. Mm-hmm where it works uh, with the single-level type filler. And, uh, but you often don't have a, like a single-level type zoning that works well in, in most of the other cities. They sort of jump up to that two-level townhouse sort of zoning to make best use of it, you know. But, but villas, are, the low-set ones are good if, if it's an area that'll take a villa. What I like about them... Yeah, people get older and stairs can be an issue for some people. Mm. Yeah, they can be, yeah. So My knees aren't that great. <laughs> I've heard them creak. <laughs> they creak. Like in that milk ad. You can't teach pump pump classes for 20 years and not have creaky knees. Mm. I think I wore them out. But anyway, back you to did. the... You wore all your padding out between... Uh, yeah, there's no synovial fluid there anymore. No. So villas are good in this respect. They're cheaper to build on a square metre rate than two-storey stuff, you know. Mm. They're, they're probably 200 or $250 per square metre cheaper to build mm. uh, because they are on one level a lot easier. They're quicker to build. And you've got a, a big market. So you've pretty well got anybody as a market. Yes. Uh, and, and older people who might not want two storeys, well, mm. you've got them. That's mm. your market. So villas, if you can do villas, villas are good. Yeah. But they're not always... Cost effective. Cost effective yeah. on that higher density sort of townhouse development. So you need to go to two levels. And that's typically what I think of as a townhouse, a two-level... Did, did many two-level townhouses have elevators, lifts? Uh, well, in some upmarket areas, you might see a lift. I lived in one. I was just always so frightened I was going to end up trapped in it. Mm. 
like you, no one else is home. Like, you know those 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 lifts in those sort of places. In, They're a bit frightening. In, in apartment buildings, N- not big apart. Like and it, no, in oh, two story townhouses. townhouses. Yeah, that's yeah. what I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just frightened that, that I'd be trapped in there, and and then I'd have to wait for someone to come and rescue me. Hmm. You could, like, keep a demolition saw inside on the floor, take it away, hack your way out if you had to. I never went in without my cell phone. Seriously, oh, yeah. it was frightening. And I'd choose the stairs most mm. of the time unless I had groceries. Well, yeah. back to what you were saying about, you know, could you put a lift in a two-storey townhouse? You can, mm. and ideally make it part of the original design. Mm. For instance, some of the upmarket duplexes that we're working on with our mentoring students, we've actually got an allowance for a future lift. So it only has to be an area of about 1.2 metres by 1.2, mm-hmm. obviously on the ground level and on the next floor up because they're two level. At the moment, we're using them as a storage area. Right. Uh, but How's that? Yeah, and need? you have to have a recess in the slab, about 100 mil. So that has to be designed into it, you know, when the design, pouring the slab and all that sort of thing. There's a tip for the future, everybody. That not that good thinking? Yeah. Now, the reason for that is, uh, depending on the age of the person that buys it, mm. Uh, If they're buying it and they're still fit and healthy, they don't mind a flight of stairs, that's fine. But if an older couple were, like, say, an older couple who were downsizing or or who aged in place, Mm. uh, and they find, you know, as they get older, they're sick of the stairs. Aged in place. Yeah, it's a bit of a retirement village term, but anyway. um, Then they can easily put the lift in. It's Mm. probably about a $35,000 fit out because the... If you like, the Currently, lift, the lift in well 2021. sorted there. <laughs> I've got yeah, to say that. Yeah, in 2021. Uh, <laughs> Just in case that lady's listening so that's from not, last week. That's not a lot to add. I have seen them added on the outside of buildings, mm, but then you, there's still a redesign because yeah. when you get out of the lift, you really need to be like at a hallway or somewhere, and usually you can't do it. So. Mm. But good point uh, with the lifts. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to apartments, Bob. Well, so say we've gone, well, we've gone from splitters, two lot subbies, duplex, duplex dual occupancy, and granny or granddad flats, <laughs> townhouses, villas, and, uh, and single even, level or well, yeah. two level or double or split level, or two or three or two or three levels. And now we're we're going to move on to apartments. We're really climbing up the up the grade. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yep. and and apartments really is probably not where you want to start. No, I mean start at townhouses. That's fine. Um, Just because of the complexity. Yeah, and it's a totally different form of construction. Mm. It's what we call heavy construction. Now, if you think of a townhouse, the construction is pretty much like the house you live in. It's a concrete slab on the ground. It's timber frame walls, although if you're in Western Australia, they tend to have double brick. Mm. Uh, and, you know, like normally a timber floor on the on the next level, you know, lightweight roof, tile roof, metal roof, doesn't really matter. Standard former construction class one building when you move into apartments quite different heavy construction an apartment building weighs a lot i don't don't ask i, I know you're gonna ask me what is how it? much does an apartment building weigh <laughs> yeah you do that and yeah you'd ask me i've got no idea i'm like the biggest why person there is i always want to know why you probably why out. why um so because and, and the reason they weigh a lot is that they're often made out of concrete blocks mm. The floors between the levels are suspended concrete. Mm. So lots of concrete, lots of steel, lots My of concrete blocks. Have you, not, you know, have the, just, yeah, you're yeah. doing – well, you're doing a tilt slab. Yeah, tilt slab, and that's a shibby heavy. Yeah, tilt slabs weigh a bit because they're concrete, but, <laughs> but they, they're quick to erect. Yeah. So that joint venture that you're involved in with a good mate of ours who's a builder, yeah, that's tilt slab, which is, I suppose another form I wasn't – 
plan to go down that path, but you sorry, you there. Yeah. so it's heavy. It's heavy yeah. construction, but fast. But, you're right, but fast. Yeah. So so apartments, concrete slabs, concrete slabs between the floors, blocks, mm. columns. You know, because everything's so heavy, very heavy, very heavy building. That puts a lot of weight on the foundations, reinforcing everywhere. So foundations have to be very strong, which means the ground has to be good. Mm. If you've got weak ground. And you've got a heavy building. Oh my goodness! Every time we start talking, it just opens up. Now I'm like, people realise they've got to understand the ground. You can't just go and build something. It depends what ground you're on. And like you start, we start talking about something. It just opens up so many other doors. We could talk all day. It just goes yeah. on and on. You know that that that's quite relevant, and it's something that we don't always think about. No, and and you don't have to be the expert that designs all this stuff. That's no. a structural engineer who'll design all the foundations. There's a dude that does that. Yeah, there's a dude. You <laughs> or pay a to do that. Yeah. Dude S yeah, in many cases. But yeah. But but what I'm saying, it's heavy construction. Yeah. And it's more expensive. If you look at the square meter rates of apartments much higher than the square meter rates of a townhouse. Mm. That said, often the apartments are a bit smaller than a typical townhouse as well. And usually they're just one level. Mm. So, but yeah, apartments are, and depending on the height of the apartment, I mean, there's so many variables, isn't there, with an apartment. It could be a normal, what we call a three-story walk-up. It doesn't have a lift, it just has stairs. And that's fine, but then, you know, people that live on the third story better have good good legs and good knees. Mm. Oh, I remember once living in an apartment that didn't have a lift, and oh, so I lived at the top, it was four Oh, it was up. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I remember when I moved in, I lost about three kilos mm. just moving. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, yeah. you're up, down, up, down. Yeah, pretty well here in in, in Oz. Um, it was, you can't go past three. Yeah, it was, would have been one of the old ones, yeah. probably. Uh, but then, like, you can have a basement. Mm. So what do you do then? You might have a. So you got a one level to come up. Then you got more stairs. Uh, there, there comes a time when you've got to put a lift in, obviously. Oh, I mean, it's under the code you've got to put a lift in, but just common sense. It was Morningside even. Yeah, trying to to sell it, mm. uh, you know, a lift. Lifts surprisingly don't cost a lot of money, but you need to design them into into the original design like we talked about. And, uh, you know, lifts are cheaper now than they were 30 years ago. Mm. Back in the day, there was only two lift companies mm. and uh, Otis and Coney, and they pretty well had a – Cartel or a monopoly on lifts, <laughs> and uh, whereas that's uh, and then over the years, lots of other lifts come in, Schindler's and you know, mm. German lifts and Chinese lifts, and you know, if you use those too, they're good. You get a good one. You know, the crazy thing about that place is I pretty much just rented it sight unseen, and I didn't realise. <laughs> it was only when I was, um, you know, reasonably new to Australia, and I was like, I didn't even know. I just knew that was a good area. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll go in yeah. Just yeah. lots of stairs in that building. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, look, apartments isn't really where you would start in your development life. I mean, there's so many variables, lifts or no lifts, basements or no basements, mm. how high, you know, mix, one, two or three bedrooms, a lot of variables. You're not saying don't do it. You're saying it's not, not saying the, it's not the it. ideal start. No, probably not. I mean, we have had students do apartments as their first project, but it's quite rare. Mm. I, I think um, start with what you can afford, where small subby, yep. maybe some houses on top of the subdivisions, yep. maybe some townhouses, a good place to start. And a lot of people do the whole reno and build on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you've had somebody uh, do the mentoring program. Did he? I oh, know that guy that joined up, sent you an email a, few, a year or so ago saying you changed my life. Oh, he was already yeah. quite a successful go-getter 
in many different arenas and then mm. threw the hat in the ring to property development. He was a yeah, good, good businessman. Yes. Uh, outside of property. I want to interview him, actually. I think you should. I will. I will. We'll catch up. <laughs> but what did he he started with five townhouses? He started with he? five townhouses yeah. as his first development. That's quite big for a first time. Well, it's back That's to what you can afford. Right. I mean, if you could do three, six or nine townhouses, mm-hmm. what would you do? My answer to that is it what, doesn't matter. What can you afford? But if you could afford nine, do it. You could do it. Because what you need to know and the process that you go through on three or nine's identical. The only difference is obviously nine's going to cost about three times as many, mm. as much, I should say, <laughs> and it's going to take longer. Yeah. But it's the same work. It's the same amount of, you know, pretty much the same amount of work. So you, you might. So if you had enough money and you could do nine or you could do three, you'd make three times as much profit out of doing nine. And it doesn't take three times as long. It wouldn't be anything like that. Probably one and a half times as long to do mm. it. So, so that's where, you, you know, that might be where you start. Most people don't have enough money to kick off with nine anyway, so yeah. you start off with where you could. And, and a lot of people want to do one on their own too. They mm. don't want to do joint ventures. Not everyone wants to do a joint venture. Not everyone does. Not everyone do. should. No. So let's just wrap this up, Bob. What should my first property development be? Should it be a splitter, one lot, two titles, a two-lot subdivision, duplex, dual occupancy, granny flat, townhouses, villa, two to three level, or apartments? Yeah, I suppose one important thing is what can you afford to do? Mm. Uh, If you have a certain amount of money, if you don't want to bring an investor into the project, then it's what you can afford. We didn't even talk about subdivisions. Well, larger ones. Mm. No, but, you know. We're talking about the bigger, like actual making something. Yeah, I I guess sort of concentrated more on what's a good place to start. Mm. You know, small subbies are good. Mm. Uh, but if you can do three or four townhouses as your first project, then do that. Because remember, it, a townhouse development is a subdivision anyway at the end. Mm-hmm. You're subdividing the land, but you're subdividing the building that sits on top of it. Yeah. So at the end, we all end up subdividing things into so that we get separate titles mm. so that we can sell to separate purchases. So, yeah, I think it's a lot of it's what you can afford. If you could afford to do some townhouse, that's that's nothing wrong with starting there. And if you can't, find yourself a joint venture or money partner. And yeah, or a small on. subby if you're comfortable with that, if that's mm. the way you want to roll. Because it's not just what you can afford, it's your level of confidence, it's who you've got helping you. Mm. You know, it's got somebody looking over your shoulder that really understands what's going on <laughs> or whatever. How is that you, Bob? Well, it's a confidence thing, oh, back totally to what is. we said in the yep. beginning, yep. you know. Well, that's it, episode 24. Some really insightful tips there from the amazing Bob Anderson uh, with uh, 38 years of knowledge and many years of teaching property and property development. Um, I hope you find this really useful and we will catch you next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.